Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Adrian King, the OG final girl from Friday the 13th, parts 1 and 2. I'm super sorry for the delay on this episode. Of course, I wanted to release it on this past Friday the 13th, but I just got super busy and couldn't get it edited down in time. But here it is now, and I'm super stoked for you guys to hear it. Also, I just want to say, quick warning, at the very beginning of the podcast, you hear these radio-type noises that are happening, but they uh, eventually go away. They don't happen throughout the whole thing. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a loose cable on my mic or just something happening with Zoom, but after like five minutes into it, it goes away. So, And also this week, I dropped another episode featuring the legendary BMX rider Rick Thorne, who is also the vocalist of the band Good Guys and Black. So at the very end of this episode, I'll be adding their single, Invincible, that dropped back in December. So make sure you stick around to the very end to check that out and also check out that episode if you're interested as well. And last but not least, go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a rating as that helps a ton. Thanks again for listening and here's this week's interview. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's good. I was just letting you know I was here. Now I don't have to. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Awesome. The uh, last Monday when we were supposed to meet, I'm glad that uh, we decided not to because the fires and the smoke were so bad that our in- not only the internet got blown off, but so did the phone. So we were without internet for close to 30 hours. Oh, damn. I'm glad you all ended up okay, though. It didn't. Uh, how's the fires doing now? Have they calmed down a little bit or are they still... Yeah. Not really. It's just like we've been real lucky with the winds not shifting our way. Um, last year, one of the towns near us called Phoenix and Talent, both of them got decimated by fires. And they're just that way over the the mountain pass, so like seven miles away. So it's, you know, it's just being lucky and blessed. And they're, you know, it's just a gamble these days. It's crazy. Where are you? Yeah. I'm over here in uh, North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. So I might as well tell your people, uh, unless if, if you uh, put this in, I live in Southern Oregon, but all of the Northwest, including California, is uh, ablaze. Oh, okay. It's, it's nasty. Yeah. No, that's, and that's crazy. Not going to get any better anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And hopefully, uh, you know, it doesn't reach you guys, you know, I guess just all you can do is what stay safe as possible, you know, and just keep an eye out. Well, we can, uh, we can dive right in if, uh, that's okay with you. Sure. Well, I figure, uh, you probably talk about, you know, like your Friday the 13th stuff enough. So we can talk about that later on. Uh, we can start with actually like what you have, you know, going on th- this summer, you know, you told me that you're doing the final girl support group audiobook for Grady Hendrix. Oh my God. Yes. And the reviews have been just incredible. And my fans are always so supportive because, uh, this is a fabulous author who does the best books, scary thriller chillers. And this one's called the Final Girl Support Group. And uh, oh my God, what a gift. 
seriously to the fans, especially to me. <laughs> That's awesome. So did uh did Grady just reach out to you or like how did that work where you uh you know became a part of the audiobook? Yeah, kind of sorta. I knew of Grady. Uh I actually knew of Grady because of some some films, especially Chelsea uh Stardust, uh, her Satanic Panic was uh awesome. Grady wrote that script. And so um it was funny. I was like, oh, someday I'll, I'll read a Grady Hendrix script. And within weeks, I'm not kidding you. It's amazing how you put out that energy. A mutual friend of Grady's and mine uh, reached out to me and his name was Ted Gagan. And he's an incredible writer and a, a director as well. Uh, very well versed in the horror community. Mm-hmm. And he introduced us through uh, the, you know, emails and, uh, Grady said he was a fan of mine. And I said, oh, well, I'm a fan of yours. So it was, you know, mutual love right away. And he actually reached out first because he wanted me to read his book and see how I felt about it because uh, he really did an homage to the final girls. And yeah. he was hoping he got it right. And he sure did. Oh. Um, and then he asked me for a little... Uh, a little uh, blurb for the review for his desk cover or the reviews when it came out, which I was very happy to do. But I have to tell you that book, oh my God, it's like seriously a, a roller coaster on, on extreme, you know, and uh, it brought me right back to 1980. The anxiety mm. was so intense, you know, uh, yeah. back to when I had my own stalker and uh, I was just amazed how Grady, I asked him, I said, how did you get into my head and actually know those feelings? Because, oh my God, they were so intense. And the fact that he really got them right yeah. just blew me away. You know, did you have a chance to read any of it or listen to uh, my audiobook, my narration yet? I haven't yet. I, honestly, I, honestly, I didn't know it was out until today. I saw your post saying that it was out. I thought it was still coming out. So I didn't think it was quite out yet, but uh, I do plan on it. No, um, it, they, they dropped, they dropped it uh, last week on the 13th, of course. Right. Oh, awesome. But, um, it was uh, very exciting because I've already been getting a lot of incredible feedback, um, you know, on my, m- the messages and my, like I said, my fans are always there for me and I love them. <laughs> yeah. Now that's so awesome. Now, and, uh, when you uh, read the book, was that your first time doing anything like that? You know, as far as like, you know, uh, an audio book or even, you know, like a big, have you ever done like a big speech or anything that you felt like maybe prepped you for it or anything or? Well, I have 40 years. Uh, well, I shouldn't say 40 years, probably, well, almost close to 40 years of voiceover uh, and looping and ADR on films as well as just radio commercials. When I, had my stalker and came back from the Royal Academy in London in 84. I screen tested for all my children, got the role and had an anxiety attack when I was about to go Mm. on camera, which had never happened to me in my life. I was raised in the business. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that I thought I was okay because I took the time and, and, you know, through therapy and going to, Uh, the Royal Academy in London and studying Shakespeare and getting my mind out of uh, that whole nightmare. uh, I thought I was good to go. And it was a shock to me that obviously I wasn't, you know, Uh, I'm sure you can relate in some experiences you might've had in life where, you know, you think you're 
okay to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to the drawing board, you know? And uh, that's when I started doing voiceover work. And uh, my agent said, you know, one of these days you'll be, you'll feel whole again and you'll be able to go on camera. But for right now, let's like groom you into the voiceover world because I had a good resume already in that field because I'd started as a kid to, uh, working on uh, serial commercials with Mel Blanc doing all the characters when That's I was awesome. growing up. So that was, so I, you know, I knew the recording studio very, very well. And it was very good to me because I used to do CBS mystery theater as a teenager. Yeah. And so I saw how they did all of those sound effects back then, you know, with the, the, the celery breaking and the clump, clump, clump of the boots. And uh, so I already had a background in voiceovers, but then I really, uh, we went heavy duty into that area and, uh, I auditioned for the equalizer girlfriend who was French. And I went in there and I said, I'm, my name is Adrienne. And you know, I had the French accent very well. And uh, <laughs> not right now. I have to hear things to get them right sometimes. But you convinced me. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I convinced them too. I got the role. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And, um, and if you look at my IMDB or whatever, I have a list of such fabulous movies that I was in a looper on and looping is the best gig in town. Um, now everybody wants to do it, but back in the eighties, there were very few people who knew what it was or, uh, you know, really had that uh, ability to improv and hit on the third beat and uh, just zap somebody else's voice, uh, your voice into somebody else's mouth, which is looping. Okay. And um, I did, I did two weeks on Titanic. I did every scene in Titanic. I did every all the scenes in Gilbert Grape, which I loved. Um, oh, I love that uh, movie. What else? Jerry, yeah, Jerry Maguire. Uh, you, during the 80s and 90s, some of the biggest movies I, I worked on. And it was my saving grace because I was able to keep my pinky in it. And at the same time, you know, I wasn't afraid because no one was seeing me on camera, if yeah. that makes sense. You know, I was able to hide behind the mic and uh, that's what I did. And like, the, I, so the recording studio was truly my home away from home, but I never did a full on book yeah. ever, you know, I, but boy, I could nail 30 seconds of a <laughs> radio commercial. You know, I, I could <laughs> do 22 seconds, like right here, you know, I, I had it down. So I had a lot of experience in the booth and I guess it somehow that translated because my producer, when I went into the booth said that I was a natural. Now that was very sweet of him, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but he was, you know, you're only as good as your producer. And uh, so that was really fabulous. We got along really well. That's awesome. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you actually had a real stalker when you f first mentioned it. I thought you were like uh, referencing Mrs. Voorhees. I didn't know you had a real stalker. That's my bad. Unfortunately, as soon as the first movie came out within a days, days, I was starting to get Polaroids under my door and I lived in a doorman building mm. of what I'd been doing the day before or the night before and uh, that was just the beginning of it and it went on for over a year and a half because there were no stalking laws back then yeah 
they were not until uh, they didn't, it was 1986 that finally we got stalking laws and that happened because an actress had to die. You know how it yeah. goes, Rebecca Schaefer, poor Rebecca Schaefer had to take it for us to get a stalking law and yeah. God rest her soul, be she be in peace because Lord knows there's nothing more frightening than having somebody after you and nobody's taking it seriously. And that's part of why this book spoke to me so much. Yeah. It really got to the core of that anxiety and that fear that just doesn't go away. Even though you think you have a handle on it, it's just, it, it's, it's very scary. You know, it's scarier than any movie you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And it's terrible that it took so long. Yeah. Like that's one thing the government still, you know, lacks in the protecting women part of things. And, you know, it sucks that, you know, it took so long for them to do that, you know, to look out for, you know, all these, you know, ladies that are just being, you know, hassled by crazy men pretty much and stuff like that. Now, I'm sorry, you had to deal with yeah, that. And, and it's not, you know, it's, it's not just women. I mean, there are men yeah. that get, you know, stalked too, but unfortunately women are a little bit less uh, defensible on their own if caught in it. You know, if you're in an elevator uh, and a man decides, you know, you're, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. There's unless you're very, very fast, which I have learned to become. And that's what this character that I narrate. Oh my God. That's why I relate to her so much. I mean, she honestly, she cut her hair so no one could grab her hair. She wore tight clothes. Uh, I used to go around seriously wearing disguises Yeah. outside. If I, you know, I, it's, it's not serious. I mean, like, glasses sunglasses i i would uh just wear different clothing i would totally mask myself i, I have a painting um i don't know if you know i'm an artist but i'm a painter and artist as well and if you go on my website you'll see a lot of my paintings which are very very friday the 13th art oriented because my fans i always say were part of the healing of the last part of my heart that needed healing um, when I finally got in touch with them in 2004 and explained about the stalker because they were all like, why did you leave me? You know, yeah. and uh, that's why. And a lot of people don't know it. And like yourself, still a lot of people are just finding out. But um, but yeah, that was the reason I, uh, I went into the recording booth to kind of, and it wasn't until 2008, I did a, a little, uh, cameo in a film uh, in 2008, and they changed the name, so I can't remember it, but it was released by Lionsgate. And that was the first time, and, uh, you know, I've done some little films here and there mm -hmm. uh, up in Portland, where I live, and they have a nice small community, and uh, I'm kind of tucked away here in the middle of nowhere, Boonie <laughs> Land, you know? Hey, that's nice, though. At least With you... my German shepherd. <laughs> with my German Shepherd and my machete, my husband of 33 years. Well, congratulations on the 33 years. And that's awesome. Thank you. It's pretty amazing, right? It's probably older than you are. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm only 29. So. See, I told you. I've been married longer than you've been alive. I knew. <laughs> Cheers to us. How's that? And Cheers. so this is my Crystal Lake wine. That was my next question. You. Yes, ma'am. Always, tell me always about that. promoting Crystal Lake wine. <laughs> What's that, Tim? I was saying, if you want to uh, 
That was my next question. If you want to let me know, you said you had an event coming up with that, a new release. Well, actually, it's so hot in Oregon. We've pushed the release back because okay. I haven't been able to. I haven't been able to ship wines. It's been bizarrely hot here. I mean, we always have very warm summers, but I mean, it's been scorching over a hundred degrees for a couple of weeks. Now it's in the nineties, but now other parts of the country are very hot. So as a wine purveyor, you have to protect the wines. And so mm -hmm. if I ship them when it's this hot, they will pop. And that is the ugliest thing in the world to see when you open up a a box of wine that's gone crazy is ugly and it's yeah. nasty. So, uh, so the wines are all here safe in, in, in temperature control warehouses. And um, I'm, I'm sitting on so many orders, but like I said, my fans understand it's hot and I can't ship it. So they're, they're ready and willing to wait until it cools off. And so I'm thinking by October, we will have the new release. So, so awesome. uh, the best way to find out is you can, any of my social media, I'm always posting, but you can always go to my website, adrianking.com or crystallakewines.com, and you can get up to date that way on when something is coming out, because the new label that I'm talking about is going to just blow people away. It's, again, my artwork, oh, uh, yeah. as is like this one with my uh, Moonlit Chardonnay and... I always uh, try to include myself in a canoe because mm -hmm. once I try to label without that and um, my campers were very upset. So I had to make sure Aww. Alice was in the painting in a canoe. Yeah. Aww. Well, at least they, uh, they stayed on board though when you brought the canoe back at least. <laughs> no, and I, I, def right. I definitely understand though. It's like, uh, you know, it's better to be patient and get the product uh, quality wise. And I mean, it's like you might not get the product. Like you said, it'll straight up pop on you if you try to get it right now. So no, uh, exactly. yeah, it's awesome and, that they're patient. You know, exactly. You got to be patient. And they're also understanding. And the fact is that they know uh, I always put extras in their boxes. So I'll, <laughs> I'll put a nice extra postcard or something really special for everyone. So awesome. I make it very yeah, you know, that's why people are, well, first of all, the Oregon fine wines, I have nothing to do with producing them. They are done by the best winemaker in town, in, in the state, in Southern Oregon. Let's put it that way. He's been here forever. Awesome. Uh, he's a graduate of D. Davis, which is the Harvard of wine schools. And actually, we've done no promotion except social media, and it's all been word of mouth. So, I've got the Campfire Pinot Noir. I've got the Moonlit Chardonnay. I have Midnight Merlot. We just finished the that particular vintage. I have a Borges Vengeance Viognier. That sounds I awesome. Have a, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh, I have a Cabin A Sauvignon. Get it? Cabin A, Cabin A Sauvignon. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So and uh go online i can't think of them all there oh survivor syrah which Ooh. of course is my favorite nothing um, better than wine and puns <laughs> oh, yes and chiller white chiller white and if you think the title the the names are good do you see the paintings you know because they're all very they're they're for friday the 13th and horror fans you know it's nice to have your own private label oh yeah no, and I'll definitely make sure to link the website in the description of the episode. So if anybody's interested, they can 
click right on it and get right there. So sounds great. That's yes, wonderful. No, that's awesome. Are you a wine drinker? Uh, I'll, uh, I'm not like a usual wine sipper. Uh, I've kind of drink beer every now and then, but if somebody, uh, like brings some wine and tells me it's good, I always love to try it. You know what I mean? So, or, or if like it's a I wine night, I'll drink wine for sure. So, yeah, yeah. But. No, I, I've always loved fine wine. And then I moved up here to wine country and the people who, uh, the family who owned the winery were huge fans. Can you believe that? That's so awesome. they invited me into their family, right? I mean, who would have thought? Never on my vision board, but that's where my painting came. So right now, Valley View Winery is actually a destination and I meet fans there because it's not far off the five uh, in Oregon and, you know, and it's uh, people come up and I'll come and visit them with them and, you know, pour them a glass of wine and we have a good time. Thank you. Now I'll definitely have to order some of me and the wife will have to have a wine and paint night for sure. Honor of you. You'll have to do a little road trip. Definitely. I don't even know how, I don't know how far uh, Oregon is. I don't think I've ever, uh, been I've never been to the West Coast at all, but aren't you? Uh, uh, are you well, in? Um, it's, sorry, go ahead. It's time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was gonna say it, it's a it's quite it's quite different from North Carolina. Yeah, but um, it's beautiful. But so is North Carolina. All you know, every part of this country is beautiful. has a, a has a beauty of its own, and I'm fortunate enough to travel and see it, see most of the country, see most of the world because of my fans. It's really been incredible and astounding and, and just humbling and wonderful you know yeah I get to meet all of you guys <laughs> I'm coming to I'm coming close to you the end of August I'm going to the days of the dead in Atlanta and I haven't been there in ages that's awesome I was about to ask where uh some where some conventions yeah. were that you're going I'm going to the days of the dead in Atlanta on the August 13th, I'm going up to Portland because I love to support the Oregon film community and they have put together an incredible fan film called Jason Rising. Have you heard of it? No, that's awesome though. Actually, yeah, I, Jason I think I did Rising. see that posted. Just there's a, that's, that's one thing that Friday the 13th, I feel like gets a lot of fan films so that you gotta, uh, yeah, yeah you, which well, I, you know why I that love, is. So. You know why that they get a lot of fan films, right? Well, because, yeah, isn't it still in limbo with Sean and the... Uh, uh-huh. yeah. It's in court. Yeah. It's in court because Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham can't agree. So the poor fans are the ones that are losing out, right? I know. So Take it from both I love the I'm fact... Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it great that we have so many fans who, who are filmmakers that are so talented that they get together and produce really excellent quality filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, Deborah Voorhees, it, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, she's got Fanboy 13, I'm so proud of her. She got D. Wallace to star in it because the script was so friggin' crazy and it reminded me of my stalker so badly that I had a pass on it. So, yeah. so it's incredible. D stepped in and I'm just so proud. They, they have an incredible Friday the 13th cast. Kane is in it and oh, yeah. oh gosh there's just uh I think Tom Matthews might be in it I'm not sure but there's a, a huge amount of Friday uh, um passion in that one as well as the one in uh in Portland so if anybody's up in Portland I'm gonna come up there and support the filmmakers and the actors up there because I love the Portland film community mm. and um 
So that's August 13th at the Hollywood Theater and it's called Jason Rising and uh, I'm gonna show up and support them. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh, and, uh, let's see, what else do I have? I, I'm gonna go to Baltimore to Monster Mania in September. There is a Monster Mania sometime in September. Something's telling me this 24th, but I can't really remember, but you yeah. all, your audience will know. <laughs> um, let's see, I'm going to the UK and to Germany this fall because I was supposed to do that pre-pandemic yeah. um, or actually, or last year or whatever. And that obviously fizzled out. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that um, I'm all vaccined, I'm double vax so I can go, but we're, we're praying that uh, everybody else gets vaccinated so they can show up and we can do photo ops without masks and everything, you know? Yeah, no, definitely I don't keep everybody it. safe. I don't want any of my campers getting sick. I don't want anybody getting sickly and going to the hospital. So I want all my campers to have healthy campers. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to camp. I'm going back to camp uh, this third weekend in August. Awesome. With, uh, back to where Ari, we filmed right? the movie. You know. Yes. Hell yeah. First I saw time. that. I, I wanted to try to come to that, but uh, I'm a, I just recently yeah. became a assistant manager at a movie theater. So weekends are like our prime thing. So it's hard for me to get of off. So. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Very cool. Yes, Very me. cool. My, my family used to be, uh, my, my husband's family uh, were in theaters and uh, did all the, uh, Rich, my husband did, was the film distributor for George Romero movies for Dawn oh, of the yeah. Dead, Day of the Dead, and Creepshow. Well, mm -hmm. he actually sold Creepshow to somebody else. But anyway, United Film Distribution. So I, I married in the, in the horror family. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Those are some of my favorite movies. Romero's definitely a genius. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> mine too. I actually uh, auditioned for a creep show, but George, George said I was too young at the time. I was supposed to be the daughter in Father's Day. Oh he yeah. Said, no, you're too oh no, no, George, don't say that. <laughs> but anyway, they, my husband and George were best friends. And so we got to know, I got to know him really well after my husband and I uh, introduced me to him, you know. That's awesome. That's when you tell him, hey, you tell me Greg Nicotero can make me look a little older. <laughs> Isn't that who did? No uh, kidding. Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, we can kind of talk a little bit about Friday the 13th. And of course, I'm sorry if, you know, some of these questions are ones that you've gotten before. I'm sure over the years you get. You know questions. what? It, it is, I call Friday the 13th the gift that keeps on giving. No, you no. know, it's the movie that just doesn't die. It's so I'm proud of it. So I have no problem answering questions I've answered before. If there are new people are listening, <laughs> you know, it's great. If, if, They've heard it before. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. if they're good fans, they love it. So, you know, it's all good. No, I definitely hear you. I'm no, this is one of my favorite uh, franchises of all time. I actually haven't told you yet, but I got married on Friday the 13th back in uh, 2017. <laughs> yeah, and my uh, son's name is Ari as well. So. Oh, no way. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my gosh. And I'm, sh I'm sure Ari knows. Did you tell him? I've commented on his uh, Facebook and he uh, like loved it and was like, that was awesome. <laughs> he, must have, he must have totally loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's special. Um, what month was it? It was uh, October. What month? Cool. So, well, pretty much uh, when you first got the role, did you know that it like, of course, you obviously knew, it, I'm sure you thought it was a great script or, you know, at least a fun movie, but did you ever think it would, you know, blow up into what it was or? <laughs> um, never. 
of course <laughs> not. It was, there were a few times we didn't even know if we we're going to finish the movie, you oh, know, and we kept, yeah, well, we had to save up. Sean had to go to his investors uh, to get extra money as we realized we needed additional cameras and additional film to get the ending in the canoe correct. Yeah. So we we filmed from the day after Labor Day, that Tuesday, until uh, October the 14th, I think it was. But some of those days were down. You know what I'm saying? They weren't continual because during those days, Sean had to beg his investors for more money. At that time, there wasn't really like, you know, we had Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, but there wasn't really like an established like Final Girl. Like some people say you might be like the first one of the 80 slashers, at least, you know, you know, when did y'all been told? <laughs> I was about to say, uh, well, actually, you you have a pretty cool feat, I feel like, because you are a final girl of Friday the 13th, but you also are Jason's first on-screen kill. So pretty much when you finished up that movie, you know, how long before, you know, you started to hear about part two and like started to see like how, you know, how much people were truly, you know, gravitating to this film? I didn't know anything about part two because I was hiding under a stone, mm. quite honestly. A big rock, a huge boulder. I, I hardly ventured out at that by that time. It was very scary for me. I went and did what I had to do and it was the ugliest experience of my life when I they didn't tell me they had finished filming part two when I got there. I didn't have a script for part two. I was allowing a manager and, and a family member to take care of that end of my world uh, because it had kind of blown up because of Friday the 13th and I couldn't handle it because I was going through enormous anxiety and stress because of a stalker that no one was seemingly taking seriously until yeah. uh, until it was much later. And then, um, so actually, I never got to enjoy any of the success of Friday the 13th, one or two. It wasn't until I was reintroduced to it much later, here and there, there'd be smaller little conventions and and my Fangoria, I had friends at Fangoria and uh, I had other friends and uh, actually Peter Bracke from Crystal Lake Memories, the, the writer, the author of that incredible book, um, was the one who convinced me to start doing some conventions and meeting my fans because there was a world out there that I had no clue about of people who actually appreciated Friday the 13th and you have to understand there was no social media back then, right? How would I no. know? No, yeah. it's not like uh, you can imagine a world without, you know, there were no video cameras at that moment, but they were about to happen. They were kind of just happening, but they were large, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but just, but there was no security. There was, uh, there was no entourage, you know, there, uh, it was a whole different world. I couldn't videotape anything on my phone yeah. because we didn't have phones, right? So it was a world that was so different and it was a world that unapologetically kind of kicked women to the curb. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. and, um. and I was actually told by, by a police uh, in New York City at that time that uh, I made a, you made a film like that 
What do you expect? You know? Yeah. You make a movie like that, what do you expect? You know? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was a different world. It was a different world. But now it's fabulous. And that's where, that's my message. No, seriously. My message, my world is fabulous. The world out there is not fabulous, but my particular world is, is I feel, I feel charmed. I feel blessed. I had to go through hell and back quite a few times during 80, 81, 82, but, and a little bit after that, but not my message to people is that you can be at your lowest point and you have to hang in there. Because even though it looks like it's never going to get better, I'm here to show you it does and it can. And yeah. all you have to do, give it time. You know, it takes, it, it's not like it was quick for me. Heck, I was hiding in the recording booth for decades. Seriously, decades. The 80s and 90s. I did seven seasons on Melrose Place as a looper. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. Right? That's awesome though. But like- it kept Right? It was fabulous. It kept me alive. It was my home away from home, but it was the fans from the conventions that convinced me I needed to kind of come back. And so with their help, I am here to show anybody who's listening that if I can do it, you can do it. Because Lord knows I was on my, I was really at a time where I didn't know if I wanted to see them next morning at times, it was so gruesome. And when you don't have anyone believing what you're saying, it makes it even worse, you know? So uh, now at least we have support systems and um, now it's recognized, but I also tell people, please hang in there and uh, tomorrow's gonna be better. You know, you just gotta believe, you just gotta hang in there and, you know, Alice is a touchstone to so many people. She could make it, if she could get through that movie and and live when everyone else had died and actually kill the killer. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I parallel her in a lot of ways, except I didn't kill my stalker. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but you did face it, you know, you faced it head on, like, uh, like she does, like you said, you know, she's running the whole movie or not the whole movie, but you know, the last, you know, 20 minutes once the chase happens and she finds out. Right. And then, so and, it's, and, and, and Grady Hendrix's book is that kind of anxiety. It's yeah. that kind of like thriller. Like, is she going to make it? Because at times we don't know. We don't know. And she's got other girls in this final support group that have been through hell and back already. And then there's a new girl, you know, it's just, oh my God, what's going on? So it's, uh, it's crazy. And it kind of, it's a full circle for me. I get to, to play these girls 40 years later and it's, it's a blast. It really is. Oh yeah. No, that is awesome. And, uh, Definitely. Like I said, you're a final girl in, in life too. like, you know, just facing, uh, like you said, facing your fears and your stalker and everything like that. Here's the thing, you know, it's not like people have asked me to write a book on it and I've tried, I've tried. It brings up so much putrid grossness, and ugliness and yeah. nastiness that I spent years trying to get rid of that I can't. So that's why when I read this book, I said, that's as close as I'm ever going to get. And it just, it was enough for me. And it was so much that my, I have to tell you what my blurb was uh, for the 
dust for the the cover of the book or for the reviews. It was uh, something like this brought me right back to 1980. So much anxiety. Make sure you have some good wine and a bottle of CBD, <laughs> which is, and this you know what CBD is, right? It's yes. <laughs> it's it's the hemp, it's the uh, it's the chill factor of uh, the cannabis. So um, without getting high, yeah. it's just the chill fart, <laughs> chill part, not. Fart. <laughs> You might get some chill farts from it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I want to show you this painting. I post paintings on my website too. Awesome. So this is my my most recent one. Does awesome. it look like anything? You see that? So actually, <laughs> yes, it's called Calm Before the Storm. And my campers named it. That's what I love. I'm very interactive on social media. So I posted it mm -hmm. and... My fan said, it's calm before the storm. Everybody knows what happens tonight, right? Yeah. And so I'm so thrilled because my art is collected around the world now. And this one is going to one of my favorite campers named Peter in Sydney, Australia. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't, that Isn't that amazing? And so then I make clay prints of the favorite ones because everybody tells me if they love it or not. And yeah. that's why I get so much better with time because of everybody giving me their you know, their opinion, their review, and they're very honest. So I know when it's good and when it's not. <laughs> and um, and so I do have prints available of, on my website if you if you desire. And um, yeah, and so I, I just, I share my art, I share my wine, <laughs> I share my book or Grady Hendrick's book. Um, but it's, it's really, I just wish the fires would go away and I wish it would, be, my river would fill up with water and then I'd be really happy. <laughs> yeah. Which luckily, uh, one thing that's probably making things a little bit easier is now that the pandemic, I mean, it's not over at all, but it's like starting to calm down a little bit. I'm sure that's helping with yeah. like shipping your art and like uh, shipping your wine and stuff like that. Cause I'm sure when it was mid pandemic, you probably were having troubles uh, shipping all that stuff. Oh, I, no, I closed it down. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't blame you at all. I, no. No, I, it didn't make sense, number one. And number two, I actually decided to give myself the gift of time. And since I didn't have anywhere to travel, even though I love traveling and I love meeting all my fans everywhere around the world, I locked myself in my studio and painted the days and the nights away. And it was glorious because I, could, I really felt an improvement. And... I've been blessed with this talent since I, I can remember. I always painted. It was art or acting since I was a kid. Yeah. And if you go on my website, I have the whole story about, how, you know, I would be, I'd be you know, doing a commercial at the Met in New York City at the age of six, you know. And so I would do little drawings and then, you know, how adults are. Oh, those are fabulous. I love that. And I would go, oh, you like it here. And so, uh, you know, I was at a very early age. I was given so much positive feedback that um, which a lot of people when they're kids, people say, "Ew, that's terrible, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's not kids like kids are kids they're fabulous but if you tell them they're no good they're gonna think oh I'm no good but yeah, they're anyway, gonna stop practicing uh, too so exactly so you have to encourage and I was so encouraged 
And um, I always took my art for granted. I was accepted on a fine art scholarship to FIT in New York. Awesome. And I had to change my major to advertising and marketing and um, advertising, marketing and something else, fashion buying and merchandising. Because my art professor said I wasn't spending enough time and that I, I had the talent, but I had to focus my energies on acting since that was obviously my first love. And I don't know if it was, but at that time I thought it was. But yeah. now I, I'm able to luxuriate in my art studio and just, um, it's, I think that's my first love now, it's beside my husband, of course. And, <laughs> and my German Shepherd. That's my husband awesome. and my German Shepherd, yes. What's your uh, German Shepherd's name, if you don't mind me asking? Angie. Everybody Angie. on social media knows that. <laughs> Angie gets as much Angie gets as much photo photo time as I do. <laughs> on my awesome. Instagram, on my Instagram, it's Adrian King underscore official because I was, I don't know, why would people like take over my page? But they did. I, I mean I was hacked twice. But yeah. honestly, um Angie has as much many photos on Facebook as I do <laughs> and, awesome. and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask, we can kind of shoot through some of your uh, other films that you did, you know, once you returned, if you don't, uh, and I just kind of got like a quick, like a one question about each of them, you know, but uh, yeah. So one of the films that did you, you did, killer, go right ahead. Sorry. Killer therapy. Oh no. Did that, you see killer therapy? Yeah. That one was awesome. Uh, that was one of my questions though. Uh, how, how was that one? Uh, like how was, you know, doing that was just a few years ago that you did that, right? Because I believe uh, I saw yeah, it last year, but I think the, it came out. That was the summer. I think that might have been the summer you were getting married, or the summer after. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, it was uh, it was fabulous. Killer therapy and Tom Matthews is in it, and PJ PJ Souls is in it, yeah. and it has a cast of uh, uh, Elizabeth Keener, who is uh, written directed by uh, Barry J, and it's just scariest shit well the story the the story is is scary isn't it yeah no i like the whole like uh like that whole thought process of like uh like the people that formed you and you know like formed you into the evil or the ones you're punishing instead exactly. of it being just randoms you know what i mean like i do i really do know what you mean and that's yeah. why the script really spoke to me because it was like wow parents have to realize they have to do a little bit more due diligence about where they're sending their kids instead of trusting the machine, yeah. you know, uh, because the machine don't care, you know, you have to care. Yeah. They, you never know, you never know who's out there ready to take your kids and, and twist them. So you gotta be so damn careful. I mean, that goes for, you know, anyone, I mean, but especially children, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I know exactly what you mean. Like uh, these doctors nowadays, they'll like, like there's been so many cases in the past few years where they've, you know, given uh, opi opioids to minors or they've, um, you know, like they've said they've done uh, things that they didn't and charge people for them. And all they really did was like put them under. It's like, right. you, like just yeah. the, that title yeah. of doctor or psychiatrist, you can't just buy that anymore. You really have to look into the people themselves and stuff. It's so true. I know we trust people sometimes that we shouldn't be trusting, but yeah, you know, what are you going to do? You gotta, you gotta listen to your, your heart and you have to do a lot of due diligence. Yeah. You, know, you have to really do some research and make sure what they say about people is true. But, um, 
Yeah, I thought killer therapy really, really did a good job. I'm scaring the parents on that one, don't you think? Yeah, no, that one's excellent. That's uh, one thing I do like about it because it's actually, you know, it's like uh, you got a lot of these killer movies that don't really have a message. And that one, you know, like you have motive most of the time, but that one like has a full on message for sure. So it's nice to see. Yeah, the thing about horror movies to me is you have to care. You have to actually engage for it to really make a difference you know for it to really go and uh you definitely get involved with these characters yeah no definitely he gives them a lot of he gives a lot of time uh in the beginning not too much but enough to really develop the characters i think huh so yeah. that you you're interested you're really interested into what happens with them i think no definitely i agree and that's a movie i'd uh definitely recommend if somebody's listening and they haven't checked it out yet killer therapy for sure yeah it's it's, it's good oh, i yeah. think you know and speaking of that one having uh you know like you said it had tom matthews and pj souls you also did one called the butterfly room that had a bunch of people in it as well it had i can't remember her name was- from black sunday and then it had heather langenkamp and right right no that was now that was a movie I thought was gonna be like really released broadly. I made that in 2009 and what a cast of characters he had. Yeah. And again, it was an homage to his favorite horror uh, for final girls, I would say. Uh, I don't know if in 2009 we had that term yet, <laughs> but, um, but essentially with Grady's book, it's the same kind of thing. It's an homage to the final girls and he did it a little bit differently. He wrote a screenplay um, and then cast his favorite ladies, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was lucky to be one of them. And we all got a little cameo. And uh, I don't know what happened to the movie. It kind of like just floated away. But but it's still out there, I think, available, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's out there and, to uh, yeah. run on VOD and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the the... I can't, oh, I feel terrible. I can't remember. Oh, Zoran, Zorantinello, maybe. Yes. I think that was his last name, Zorantinello. Uh, he wrote this very, very uh, interesting script. I thought it was going to be very wonderful. And it's twisted. And I like twisted, wonderful thriller type of things with cameos in them. And, uh, you know, all my favorite people. So, uh, <laughs> so I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Now, and that's one that I think... Uh... Like you said, it kind of just didn't go out there broadly. I think if it got in front of more people today, it could definitely become a cult hit for sure. I, I really enjoy that film. I, myself, so. I thought so too. I thought it really was, uh, had some really good stuff going on. Yeah. Some of those a films just- The Bad Seed, you know, The Bad yeah. Seed, right? Yeah. A little of that going on, which I really enjoyed. I love Patty McCormick's performance, of course. But um, yeah, that was really kind of a cool movie. Yeah. That's what I love about the independence. You can make quirky, scary movies that you couldn't, you know, maybe you can't get them to the next level, but there is an audience for them. And that's the kind of film I enjoy. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. So uh, my next question is, uh, and I'll probably ask this one and then just one more, but you did the movie called uh, All American Bully. How was it doing something with such like a tough subject like that? And uh you know, like, I know that's not really horror, but, you know, it is a real life horror for a lot of people. So, yeah. What did, out of curiosity, what did you find was the most horrific part of this movie? I mean, I, but honestly, just most of the like, it's just hard to watch bullying in general. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so like anytime 
anytime I see somebody that's like, uh, that just seems helpless, like getting like, yeah. it's one thing to see like somebody get quickly killed in a movie, like by a slasher, like that's, you're, you're able to separate yourself and enjoy that. But it's when somebody's just being right. like brutalized for just being themselves, it really it's, sucks to watch. It's horrible. It's yeah. horrible. I've always, always been looking for anything that was anti-bullying. And this was the first one I found actually, I think I got the script in 2010. And again, low budget, nothing. Jason yeah. Hawkins, who is a fabulous writer and director, but he kind of, and I don't know how to say this gently because he needed to tweak it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. His writing is so friggin' incredible. It blew right off the script. It really blew right off the script. Mm-hmm. I think the intensity of the film sometimes was too intense, even for me. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I agree for sure. And I think, and you know, I hope to work with Jason again sometime. And and I think he realizes this because we had we actually had big discussions about it because I honestly thought my performance was too intense and I wanted to take it down a notch and he liked it being that intense. And then I recorded it, you know, it's, it's when you get to be my age and you, and you see a rough cut and you, you kind of know what it needs. Yeah. So I recorded, a, recorded a, a phone message that would explain something that was left out. And for some reason he never got it. I did it on my own dime down here in Southern Oregon, sent it up there. Uh, the, she transferred the files and I don't know what happened. He never got it, but it needed this to explain some part of it because parts of the film were brilliant. Yeah. And then parts and then other parts of the film, you're going, I don't get it. You know, yeah. uh, what's that? And I think, unfortunately, that happens a lot because in, in these kind of films, because filmmakers tend to forget that it takes a lot of money in post-production to finish a, a film. You know, the pre-production and production, you concentrate on for obvious reasons, but you need to have money to finish a film. And that includes like re-recording, that re- ADR looping, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and he didn't have the money to do that. So it went out unfinished. If, if, but it, you know, I, I, it hurts me to see something that could have been fabulous, not quite there. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean when you know what it could have been. Right. Because like I said, the script just jumped off the page and was a real message. The message held up better in the script than it did in the movie. And I'm all about the message of anti-bullying and, uh, you know, that's why Alice is, is such a touchstone because, you know, everybody who relates to, to Alice, odds are they were bullied because they know Alice was bullied, right? You know, any artist, anybody who's not right down the center line is going to get bullied. Anybody who's a little bit different is going to get bullied, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I was hoping it would stand up a little stronger and make a little bit more of a uh, definitive remark about uh the evil that can yeah. be done but uh obviously it didn't work <laughs> no. people are still out there better oh, yeah. than ever better than ever bully 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 you know yeah I'll, you can you go look in the youtube comment section and see that <laughs> you know well here's what i say to anybody who's out there bullying i want to see you do better how's that yeah you do better you know put it 
put it out there. Let's see, instead of you flapping about blah, 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 or whatever, you do it. Yeah. You know, because the only reason bullies bully other people is because they have nothing better to do with their time. And most of the time they don't ever create or do anything like that. They have nothing. They've got nothing in their world. So why not take, take down somebody? Yeah. You know, and that's truly what a bully is. A bully is somebody who has nothing worthy enough in their own life to be occupied with, that they have to pick on somebody else who does. Yeah. That's what it is. You know? So take it where it comes from, because Lord knows I do. I know where it comes from. And it's usually from a space of jealousy or, or just the fact that they can. They have a forum where they can... And nobody's going to bully them. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's easy. That's to. It. It's an easy way. It's an easy forum. I can be yeah. tough because you can't do anything to me. Right. Yeah. So there. <laughs> yeah, anybody that wants to bully can always find somebody small enough or at least weak enough compared to them to bully. It's like, yeah. why, why do that right. beyond me? But, you know, they can't, you know, so it's just Those are the same people that hurt animals, you know? Yeah. Pieces of shit. <laughs> but, uh, well, really, yeah. it's too bad. It's too bad. We need love, baby. We need love. We need, yeah. we need lots of love in this world. You know? uh, definitely. Doing things out of hate will get you nowhere. You got to do everything out of love. So, but absolutely. And, and I'm proof positive it works. Karma, <laughs> karma is an incredible thing. No doubt for sure. Like, yeah. like you say, you yeah. put the good in the world, it will come back eventually. <laughs> it does. Sometimes it comes back even faster than that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But uh, look at us. We're talking here and uh, and I don't do very many podcasts. So your timing was perfect. Now, I appreciate you a ton for sure. This is awesome. You know, getting to talk to the first final girl and my personal favorite final girl. Well, thank you so much, Tim. I appreciate that. Of course. So, uh, well, pretty much my final question, you know, we can wrap it up a little bit. Uh, do you have any other projects in the works? I know you said you did the fan film, but, you know, do you have any other films on the way or anything like that that might be in post that uh, people can look out for? Watch YouTube tonight and watch Jason Rising. I I know nothing. Okay. I know nothing. That's all I can tell you. Sworn to secrecy. That's all I can tell you. Awesome. <laughs> now I'm excited to check it out for sure. So it'll be on YouTube August 13th as well? That's right. Awesome. It, nah. It's dropping on August the 13th, and there's a little film with the initials JR. That's all I can say. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now I'm looking forward to it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and keep on the lookout because I was going to have this, this particular wine label, Jason Rising Red, but now it's going to be happening in the fall. Hell yeah. I'll keep an eye out when uh, it does happen so that way I can post on like social and stuff and remind the people, you know, that which I'm sure they follow you as well, but just to help. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you a ton. And I'm definitely uh, very happy that I hit you up at the right time. You sure did. And thank you. Um, hope to see you at a con someday, huh? Definitely. Especially as soon as you come, uh, if I didn't already have the weekend off to go to one in uh, Williamsburg, like two weeks before you were in Georgia, I'd probably go to the Days of the Dead just because I've always wanted uh, to go to one. Gonna, but... You're going to scare us that care? Yep. I'll be as scared as the care this year. So, well, I'll be vending actually for That's my podcast. Great. So. Oh, yeah. That's a, oh, excellent. That's a great, great show. Great show. They do a lot of good. Yeah, this has been my uh, third year going. I'm, I'm very glad that I went there the first uh, year I did because I got to meet, you know, Sid Haig before he passed. And then uh, the second year I got to meet the great Harry I, Manfredini. So. I, was, 
Oh my gosh, yes, yes. My heart, Sid, and but Harry's still with us and he's fabulous. Yeah. We do miss Sid. Yeah, no, Sid was awesome. He rest was one of the peace, nicest people. Buddy, rest in peace. He's, <laughs> he's cooking up there. He was a great chef, great cook. Did you know that? No, I didn't, but that's, I don't doubt it. He looks like he would uh, whip some shit up in the kitchen for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. No, he was awesome. He was anyway, very- I appreciate your time. Yes, ma'am, I appreciate yours. Thank you so much. And I'll, like I said, I'll make sure to put all of the, the links in the description for the wine, the painting, and the, um, and the book. And the book. Yes, right. ma'am. <laughs> but thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And congrats again to you, you guys too. in your 33 years. So. Thank you. Well, you're, uh, you're just starting out. So all the best to you and your family. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Alan Cassidy, drummer for the bands The Black Dolly Murder and Slugged. And also, don't forget that I dropped another episode this week featuring Rick Thorne, the legendary BMX rider and vocalist of the band Good Guys in Black. In honor of that, at the very end of this episode, I'll be attaching their single Invincible that dropped back in December. So make sure you listen all the way through for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget that the Patreon is live for $2 a month. And also don't forget to check out my boy Loudmouth Threads who killed this original podcast start work. Go check out Jason Rising on YouTube and stay safe.